Hello and welcome to the Lightwork Podcast with me, L.A. Lucian. This is Series 3, Episode 2. My thoughts on the fall of Adam and Eve. So a few nights ago, I lay in bed thinking about the relationship between Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. And a question entered my mind. What was so special about the relationship between Adam and Eve that the serpent, or Lucifer at the time, decided he had to come between them and cause them to fall from paradise? If you're not familiar with the story of Adam and Eve, you can find it in the book of Genesis in the Bible at around chapter 2 verse 16. So I'm going to read on from that portion of the story for you now, from the King James Version, so you have a clear context of my thoughts and where I'm going in this episode of the podcast. So the Bible says, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shouldn't eat, for in the day that you do eat from it you will surely die. Now it's a bit of a hotly debated couple of verses that I always hear people talking about and if you think back to my exploration of the matrix it reminds me of when the oracle told Neo not to worry about the vase to which he replies what vase and then proceeds to knock the vase over to which she says what's really going to bake your brain later is whether you would have knocked the vase over had I not mentioned it. So in some instances, some people say that simply by mentioning the tree, God planted a seed of curiosity or even worse, temptation for Adam around the tree. There's also this question of what God actually meant by you will surely die, because as we find out later, Adam and Eve do eat from the tree and they don't die, at least not physically. I believe it was a sort of spiritual death, a death of innocence, a death of ignorance, a death of purity and a loss at the chance of immortality. Now up to this point, Adam had been the only human in the garden, looking after it, tending to the trees, the plants and so on and so forth. However, he'd been fine the whole time. Whatever he'd been doing in the garden, he'd managed to not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So. Why tell him about it now? Well, God then says to himself after telling, after warning Adam that it's not good that the man should be alone, so I'll make a help meet for him. So God's decided that the man shouldn't be alone in the garden and that maybe the garden and looking after the plants is too much for the man to do alone. So he makes animals to keep Adam company and probably by eating the herbs, etc., they can help him keep things tidy. So God makes these animals and brings them to Adam and he names all the animals and cares for them in the garden. However, God then decides that none of these things are sufficient to keep the man company and help him or be a help meet for him, which basically means a help that's adequate for him, an adequate helper. So he causes a deep sleep to fall upon Adam and while Adam's asleep, he takes out one of his ribs and from the rib God makes a woman and brings her to Adam and Adam says this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh she shall be called woman because she was taken out of a man so we have a kind of origin story of the word woman uh, because she was taken out of the womb of a man and obviously coincidentally or not uh, women have wombs so it all kind of lines up nicely that chapter then goes on to say therefore 
shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh and they were both naked the man and his wife and were not ashamed so at this point Adam and Eve they're like they're one they're in a union they're husband and wife and they're naked and it's not a thing so Adam was alone chilling in the garden gardening happy but maybe a little lonely even if he didn't really know it or realize so God made some animals to keep him company which was probably cool for a while but if you've have ever had any pets you'll know that there's a limit to the company a pet can provide so God makes another human friend for him a partner a helper a mate a wife but before he does it he warns Adam about the tree of knowledge of good and evil so I think it's safe to say that God knew that introducing the woman to Adam would ultimately lead to his downfall however it's also apparent that God is more concerned with the man being happy and not being alone than him remaining perfect and free from temptation and ultimately losing his immortality now this is where things get a bit sticky because we move on in chapter 3 and it says the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field and he said to the woman yeah has God said you shouldn't eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden an interesting side note here is that the serpent begins his sentence with yeah which is a response someone says something to you or ask you a question you say yeah duh, 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 duh. so it implies that there was a pre-existing conversation between eve and the serpent but we never find out exactly what they'd been talking about only that there was likely some conversation prior so the woman says to the serpent well we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden but the fruit of the tree that's in the middle of the garden god has said we shouldn't eat neither shall we touch it or we'll die couple of couple more things to note here one a talking snake or a serpent i always hear people say why is the snake talking like surely that's a dead giveaway that something was up and honestly i can't fully answer how or why the serpent uh, was talking and the bible does use the word serpent not snake so it's possible that it was some other type of reptile type creature that was talking regardless it was a it was a talking reptile or serpent or snake or something but what i do know is that the story is an allegory which is a type of story that uses metaphor and characters to reveal hidden meanings upon interpretation and it's one of the things that makes the bible really interesting to me it's full of these stories with hidden meanings that you can only understand by studying and spending time interpreting with this in mind i know from studying other sections of the bible that the serpent represents the fallen angel lucifer who we read or we can read falls from heaven to become satan in revelation 12 9 and it says so the great dragon was cast out that serpent of old called the devil and satan who deceives the whole world he was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him and that fall is also con confirmed in isaiah 14 12 where it says how you are fallen from heaven o lucifer son of the morning and then jesus confirms it in luke 10 18 and says i saw satan fall like lightning from heaven so we know that lucifer the serpent the devil 
at one point was in heaven and fell from heaven. Uh, he was even called the son of the morning at one point. So knowing this, it becomes a bit clearer that the serpent or Lucifer had some sort of plan to trick Adam and Eve. Another question comes up is why is Eve even talking to the serpent? Why is she giving the serpent the time of day? And I've heard numerous answers, including Adam wasn't talking to her. They had a fight. Uh, Adam should have been talking to the serpent. Eve was bored with Adam. Eve wanted attention. Or something I think is probably more plausible and likely is simply that Eve was fascinated by a talking serpent and wanted to hear what such a fascinating creature would say. And Adam too, to some degree, because he was there, as we find out a bit later on. Where I think Eve might have gone wrong is that she allowed herself to be fascinated. She allowed what she saw uh, to beguile her, to, to fascinate her. And she allowed herself to be taken in by what the serpent was saying. She allowed him to talk to her and persuade her. So the serpent says to Eve, nah, you won't surely die for God knows that in the day that you eat from this tree, your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. Few more things to note here. The serpent's relying on Eve's lack of knowledge to trick her. She's likely been told about the tree secondhand from Adam, who probably told her, listen, God told me don't eat from that tree or we'll die. In fact, look, don't even touch it or we'll die. Because it's the sort of thing that we do with children all the time. We tell them an over-exaggerated extreme to strike fear into them so they don't do things like smoke. And when they do, they find out, actually, I just smoked a cigarette and I'm not dead. And actually, I don't have cancer. Like my mom or my dad or my brother, whoever, was talking rubbish. I think that's exactly what happened here. Adam warned her about the dangers of the tree, but overdone it. And this created a space for the serpent to come in and say, Aha, nah, you won't die from touching it. Which was a fact. They wouldn't die from touching the tree or the fruit. But sometimes you have to understand that a serpent or a person trying to trick you will mix in facts with their tricks and present them as the truth. However, it's important to understand that facts and truth are not the same thing. It is a fact that roses are red, but it is not true that all roses are red. It may be a fact that someone can or has danced before, but that it wouldn't be true to say that that person is a dancer. There's a subtle difference, and this is what the serpent was relying on and specialized in, subtlety. So next we read, next we read that Eve saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise. So she took of the fruit and ate it and gave to her husband with her and he ate. So Adam was there the whole time watching, listening and also allowing himself to be taken in by the speech of the serpent. So why didn't he act? I can't be certain, but I do have my own theories. And it's mainly that he was watching and listening to see what would happen between the man and the woman and what they would do and what they would say. And I believe that the reason he ate was not only because he allowed himself to fall into the trap of what the serpent was saying too, but more because he wanted to prove and show the woman that he wasn't afraid to eat of the fruit of the tree as well and that he was also 
as wise and knowledgeable as the serpent. I think that Adam forgot who he was for a minute. In the heat of the moment, he forgot his identity, that he was God's son, that he was above the animals and above the serpent and more powerful and wise and already had everything good that God had provided at his feet. But in that moment, when a challenge to his word was presented, where he should have stood his ground and said, listen, no, serpent, actually, that's not what God said. It's actually what I said, my bad, but we've already got everything we need come on Eve, like, let's go. Instead of doing that, Adam faltered and he allowed himself to be tricked into giving up his position and his authority and all that he had in the garden for, for nothing, for a dream, an idea. Both Adam and Eve allowed themselves to give up what they had for a dream, an imaginary thing that promised to feed them, that looked good and would make them knowledgeable, smart and wise and like God. Some people say that what the serpent was tempting Eve with was something sexual. And yeah, there probably was something sexual underlying there because the Bible says that Eve looked at the tree and it was pleasing to her eyes and that she desired it. So it's like a lust. So the serpent was clearly stirring some desire or lust within her. And she was clearly convinced that what she was looking at was good and she wanted what she saw. That's one reason we have to be careful about the things we look at and the things that we pay attention to with our eyes. However, what the serpent, I think, really tempted her with was a dream, a promise of something better than what she had with Adam in the garden. And she fell for it. They both did. They swapped what they had together for nothing for this ideal, a possibility of something better when what they had was already the best that life had to offer. But the real question that I lay thinking was why? Why do that to them and why now? All this time Adam, Adam had been in the garden on his own, chilling, gardening, playing with the animals, living with the tree, but no serpent, no temptation, no nothing. The serpent clearly thought that there was no need to come and trick the man. It could be possible that the serpent knew that the man would be too strong-minded on his own and wouldn't go for eating the fruit so he waited till Eve was created. However, I think that it was something deeper than that. You see, before God created humans, the angels already existed. If you look at Job 38 4-7, it says, Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Sons of God is a reference to the angels in the Bible and the morning stars are angels. And you remember we said that Satan was son of the morning, which you can read in uh, Isaiah 14, 12 to 15. So before Adam, the angels were likely God's most special and highest creation. However, with the creation of Adam, who was created in the image and likeness of God, because when God created people, he said, let us make man in our image after our likeness, male and female, he created them. That's in Genesis 1.26. So man would now likely be the highest, most godlike creation in existence. 
Something that confirms this is what Satan says about himself in Isaiah 14, 12 to 15. He says, amongst other things, I will be like the most high, which implies that he was not already like the most high. Whereas Adam was created in the image of God, like the most high from the beginning. An interesting side note here is that in the digital or IT world, when you make an exact copy of a disk or a hard drive, it's called an image. So here we can kind of understand that when God was saying he would make man in his image, he probably likely meant that he would be creating a copy of himself. This still didn't fully answer my question though. Why would Lucifer suddenly decide after the creation of Eve that he had to intervene? Why not take Adam out while he was on his own? Then it dawned on me, Adam on his own, one man wasn't a threat. Yes, he may have been the highest being under God in all creation and God-like, but he was just one man, a one-off, a novelty if you like. But two people with the power to create more of themselves, more God-like creatures would mean a garden full of them. So I came to the conclusion that Lucifer got scared. Up to that point, it didn't matter if there was just one man. After all, there were legions of angels in heaven because Jesus says in Matthew 26, 53, do you think I cannot call on my father and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? And in Roman times, a legion was about three to 6,000 soldiers. So 12 legions would be about 36,000 angels. Now how much damage can one man really do? But if Adam and Eve were to have children in the garden and then eat from the tree of eternal life, not only would they create more humans, but they would truly be gods, immortal and never die. This is why after Adam and Eve ate the fruit, God said, look, behold, man has become as one of us to know good and evil lest he put forth his hand and also take of the tree of life and eat and live forever the lord god sent him forth from the garden of eden that's genesis chapter 3 verse 22 to 24. so what he's saying is look hey the man knows the difference between good and evil quick before he takes of the tree of eternal life and lives forever get him out of the garden why he had to leave the garden after that i, I don't know but I believe Lucifer didn't want that and decided he had to stop it from happening. He had to stop the man and the woman from being together in the garden before they could begin to create more life and eat of the tree of life and live forever. That would have been a threat to him and his angels and their place in God's kingdom in Lucifer's mind. So he tempted them with a lie of a world that would be better than what they had an idea, a desire, a dream that there was something better out there for them than what they already had together in the garden. He showed them that the experience not only looked good, but would feel good, would be fulfilling and would make them like God. When in fact the truth was they were already made like God, by God from the beginning. And they already had the most important and precious thing God had created on the earth. Each other. Everything else was optional. The garden, the animals, the fruits, the trees. But Adam and Eve were made to be together, made from each other, to be partners, to create and enjoy and help and love each other. And they only realized it after they had fallen for the serpent's trick. It's pretty deep, it's kind of sad. 
But there are some positives because although they lost their perfect immortal lives in paradise, God covered them with his grace and blessing before he sent them on their way. In chapter 3 verse 21, it says the Lord God made coats of skins and clothed them. So he, like, he made them leather jackets. Uh, so he gave them clothes to wear, which is like a sign of him covering them. And although they had fallen from grace, he still loved them and wanted them to survive in the cold, brutal world together. It wasn't without some caveats though. Eve was cursed with the pain of childbirth and sorrow for her mistake. And instead of having this desire for the world and life and da 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 da, da her desire would now be for her husband and he would rule over her. And Adam, because he listened to his wife and not to God, had to work hard with this sweating for the rest of his life, work in the ground, which would be cursed just to eat and provide. That's chapter three, verse 11 to 20. Harsh punishments in some ways, but ultimately not death. And ultimately Adam and Eve made it work. They stuck together and worked through their sorrow and the hardships of life together and went on to create generations of humans leading to the eventual birth of Christ hundreds of years, hundreds of years later. So what did I take away from all, all these thoughts? I figured that there's going to be temptations and there will be those that pose as friends or as wise, knowledgeable people trying to lead you to something better than what you have. But in reality, although they may use facts to beguile and convince you, what they're saying is not really the truth. And you will be sold a dream, an idea, an ideal that there is something more, something else. And you will buy this idea and you will believe these subtle speakers and you will eat the fruit that they are offering. And in the day that you do, your eyes will be opened and you will realize that what you had was already everything you needed, everything that mattered. And the dream world that the serpent sold you was a lie to try and ensure that your life, your journey, your destiny does not threaten their perfect idea of who they are and who they believe they should be. It's very important you understand that some people are trying to throw you off of the things that you're destined for, the people that are meant to be in your life because it doesn't work for them. It takes you away from them. They don't want that. They want you to remain in their little perfect ideal of what the world should be. They want you trapped, tricked, don't feel bad though, you're not the first to fall for this trick, to fall for this lie, and you won't be the last. Because in the end, no matter what, they, they can't stop you from meeting your destiny. They can't stop you from fulfilling your purpose. As long as you wake up and you realize, ah, actually, I messed up here. I was, I was, I allowed myself to be tricked. I fell off. Let me fix it. And you go and you get yourself back on the right path and do what you have to do to make it, to fix it, to make it work. They can't stop you. And just like Adam and Eve sticking together, even after they chose something other than each other, you can still choose to stick with your person and the path that you're meant to be on to make it work and go on to create and live in a world full of beautiful people, full of life and happiness bit of an airy fairy ending there but that was my takeaway and that's all i have for you in this episode 
I hope it's been insightful. I hope it's been interesting. And I look forward to speaking to you in the next episode.